Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. Hey, guys. Zach and I feel awful about this, but totally not our fault. We had some technical difficulties while recording this show. Apparently, the software we were using to record didn't record, like, half the things we said, so we had to cut a lot of stuff out because it didn't make any sense. Because of that, we're going to have a pretty short episode this week, so if something doesn't make sense or you feel a little lost, it's probably because we said something and the microphone didn't pick it up. So, again, super sorry. We put out what we could salvage, and we hope you guys really enjoy it. So, Stephen, uh, two episodes ago, some, t- some time ago, we talked about Google I.O., Google's big developer conference. And now, uh, just in this past episode time interval, I, we always call them weeks, but it's not weeks, uh, <laughs> WWDC happened, which was Apple's big developer conference. And yeah, uh, they talked about a lot of stuff. Um, I got some highlights if we want to go through those. I took notes on the whole thing, just in case Zach wanted to talk about it, but I do have my own list of cool stuff. Uh, Yeah, we can trade off highlights. I've got a couple of my own. All right, cool. Um, I think they started off by talking about... Yeah, they they started off by talking about Apple Watch and WatchOS 4, which Mm -hmm. will be coming out in December, I'm pretty sure. And I still want an Apple Watch. <laughs> that that Toy Story watch face just really convinced you? <laughs> it was more the activity stuff. Um, Apple is figuring out what they want the watch to be, and it's more a fitness tracker that looks nice than mm-hmm. an actual watch. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure notifications are great, but um, apparently what people are using it for is swimming. So. Oh. Because it's completely waterproof now. Yeah, which is good. I generally expect my watches to be waterproof. Yeah. Unless I got them for $5 in a Happy Meal, but... Yeah, I, I wear a um, probably a $20 watch, and it is definitely not waterproof. <laughs> uh, so yeah, an Apple Watch would be cool. Uh, that that uh, AI watch face that they have that automatically promotes certain articles or certain notifications to you based on just what it knows about your day. Because that was the first thing that clued me off to the fact that Apple was going to be using AI pretty much the same way that Google is right now. They just can never say the word AI. Because (laughs) AI is creepy. Yeah, machine learning's fine, though. Machine learning's fine because everyone just goes, oh, that's a developer thing. And the developers (laughs) know that it's AI, but if you're developing it, then you aren't scared of AI. Unless Uh, you're Elon Musk. (laughs) I actually wrote down all of the different terms that they used to refer to AI. Uh, they said advanced convolutional neural networks, which falls under AI, and that was for their photo facial recognition. Uh, they called it machine learning as well. They use deep learning to improve Siri's voice. They're using computer vision to make videos from different memories. Um, I just have the word machine learning. And then they also have a vision and natural language API, which use AI under the hood. Uh, yeah, that's actually one of the things I want to talk about, and it was the way uh, Apple's doing machine learning for developers and the way that Google's doing machine learning for developers. And last time we talked about um, someone using Google's machine learning TensorFlow to write 
code to see if something is a cucumber mm-hmm. in front of the, in front of a camera. So if he, if he was doing that with Apple's machine learning, he would just say, "Hey, Apple, is this a cucumber?" And Apple would say, "Yes, this is a cucumber. No, this is not a cucumber." And with Google, he has to write it all out himself. Yeah, because Apple isn't actually giving you any thing that they they aren't giving you the libraries to build machine learning tools they're just giving you an api to plug into and say hey yeah is this thing a cucumber is it a bug or a flower google does actually have a vision api and a natural language api just like apple does and they've actually had it out for a while that you send a little snippet of audio to or you send a picture to and it'll separate it out into words or into classifications for the image Um, So they have an example here of like a sailboat on the water with some sun and they can kind of tag different words to this image so that when you get this back, you can have a rough idea of what's in it. But Google also gives people the libraries to build their own more advanced or differently purposed networks, neural networks. Oh, the next point that I had was the Mac Pro, the iMac Pro. Mm. Um. I pretty much just said that it's too powerful. <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's space gray, so you know it's cool. Yeah, um, that, that was actually my first note. <laughs> you can tell it's pro because it's space gray. This is undoubtedly the most powerful Mac ever. It. I took some notes on the specs. I'm not sure what you did, but... Um, 18-core Xeon processor. Uh, you can upgrade it to 128 gigabytes of RAM. I can't even imagine needing that much. What did what some of the use cases would be? I think 4K video, like when you get up to rendering 8K video, yeah, that would come in handy. I guess I have 16 gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> yeah, the only time I need RAM is when I start writing really bad programs that just eat up all my RAM. The memory leaks. That's why I need more RAM. Four Thunderbolt ports, which is nice. Crazy. It's not crazy. I have four Thunderbolt ports, although I use one for power, so... Yeah. Um, 10 gigabit Ethernet controller. Um, they said that a comparable Windows machine would be $7,000, and they're only going to charge you $5,000 for to start. Uh, but I imagine it can get up to well into the mm-hmm. teens of thousands of dollars. A lot of their talk, more than usual, it felt like they spent justifying the cost of their products. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was, again, reaching out to, like, pro and enterprise and saying, hey, look at this. And it will be available in December, is what they said. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that was kind of funny was they were talking about how this is going to be the most powerful Mac they've ever made. Uh, and Phil Schiller, or one of the Apple execs, got up there and said that. This will be the most powerful Mac we've ever made because... And then he trailed off for a little bit. And in my head, I filled in. Because we set the bar low with the first Mac Pro. (laughs) (laughs) The normal iMacs and normal MacBook Pros just got a speed bump, which is not bad, actually. There was a lot of uh, pretty good specs. Um, Nothing worth rushing out and buying an iMac, though. Mm -mm. Um, But the VR demo for the iMac was awesome. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a Lucasfilms thing, and it was rendered in real time, and I can't find the video. Uh, SiriKit is now a thing. Um, you can program... Yo- you can u- 
you can use the Siri API for your apps now. Mm -mm. So OmniFocus doesn't have to go hack into my Reminders app <laughs> to get my thing anymore. Um, I can just say, add a task to OmniFocus or play this on Spotify. Uh, iPad, 120 hertz, which is better than the 30 that oh, it usually okay. is. Mm. Um, it's actually a giant improvement, and I kind of am curious to try it now. Uh, it's going to be super smooth, the screen is. Yeah. But we'll see if it... We'll see how like artists like it, if it's... It'll be more realistic to writing with a actual pen, mm -hmm. but I don't know how close you can get. I, I, one of the things I do actually when you're using the pencil, the Apple pencil, is predict where you're gonna go with it. Yeah, and put the thing there, and if it, they're wrong, just change it quick. Mm -hmm. uh, iPad iOS eleven, it's way more macOS like. It yeah. has the different desktops and the desktops you can swipe up and see them all and mm -hmm. yeah that actually them. that was one of the really neat things and one of the things that i've been looking for in the ipad before it feels like a real device to me or a device i would want to use multitasking is yeah good multitasking support which they hit out of the park i'd say yeah um and their their drag and drop stuff so now you can drag um they even i heard someone talk about you can drag a photo onto maps and it'll give you the data of where the picture was taken. Oh, that's cool. So you mm. there, there's some way for apps to communicate about what kind of data can be taken from it. Right, yeah. So I've been in the market for a new phone case. And my old phone case has been my favorite of all time. And it it is the Dodo case, and it's not even a case. It's just a thing you stick on the back of your phone that has a slot for credit cards. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't offer any protection, and it only holds two cards, really. Yeah. Which has been fine, but I'm going to college soon, and I'm going to be needing more cards. So here's where I'm at. Um, I ordered a... Otterbox Strata case for my iPhone 6S. 6 Plus, not 6S. Okay. Um, and it is the one that flips open. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. It is indeed flipping open. <laughs> it has a... It, it's kind of cool. It's better than any other flip case I've tried because um, of the magnet. It is a magnet that keeps it closed oh, and yeah. open. Um, there are something it does hold a, a credit card i think i could probably shove one in if i really tried but i'm not going to because i'm not sure if i'm going to return it yet mm -hmm. um it also has a little kickstand-ish thing which i've never used nor do i plan on using mm -hmm. um and it feels solid like i could throw this and be fine um but i have some complaints and I, i'm wondering if you have a solution for any of these which it's a nice case um and I don't mind the flipping, and it kind of... It, it looks nice to, to yeah. me. Um, but it has the classic case problem, which is the holes in the bottom are now inset mm -hmm. to the edge of the case, which means that I can't plug it into the setup in my car, which is... Just some nicely arranged yeah, cables. It, I, it, I just set it... I have a... I have two cables lined up next to each other, and I just 
stick the phone in it and it's on my dashboard now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's most, and that's my only complaint really. Um, also that it only holds one yeah. card, but that I can get a wallet. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I forgot how much I dislike having to change my cables around to accommodate the case mm-hmm. because I've had a not case for so long. Yeah. So, so you just have like, they're just normal lightning cables that are attached. Uh, I think you use Sugru putty, yeah. which is this putty that turns into rubber after you let it set. Um, so could you just shift the cables up and re-putty it? Yeah, I could. But then I have to do that. All right. And, <laughs> and it's not a big deal, but it would be a bit of a hassle. Um, because the Subaru putties has been there for so long, I would have to scrape it all off and mm-hmm. get it off of the cable. And it's 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 cemented in right now. <laughs> like, yeah. um, or I could take it out of the case, but it's not fast enough. Yeah. It's not, it's easy to get off. You just kind of tug on it and now it's out, but it's not easy enough. And not, and I don't really want it to be easy. I don't want it to be easy to for the phone to just fall out of the case. I, I have a pretty minimal, it's just one of the basic uh, cases that come with my phone. Um, but every once in a while I do have a problem where there's a cable that's just the wrong size for my headphone port. And so then to plug into that, to plug into whatever system, I'll need to take off my case Hmm. and plug it in. And I think there's just not a good way to secure your phone and also have it be the same shape. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it sounds like you have an afternoon project? Yeah. Um, All day project? It's not all day, but (laughs) I do do need to... Because the the putty needs to reset... Mm-hmm. And I need to hold it there for like 20 minutes <laughs> for it to set enough for me to let go. Um, and you know what? It's it's something I can do because um, I do like this case. And it, it yeah, it's a really nice case. And it was fairly cheap too. It was twenty five dollars. I'm pretty sure for an outer box. For an outer box, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so it's not. There's a different. There's different uh, series of Stratas. So there's the Strata series, and then there's sub-series, and I have the Strata series folio. Okay. Which is the one with the flip open. Yeah. So yeah, I will keep you guys updated on my phone case situation. And you know what? Um, there was nothing wrong with my old case. It, it, I could just get a wallet and have more cards. Yeah. I, do you need the security? Like, I definitely need this rubberized case on my phone because I, ha- I constantly drop my phone. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, a case has always been, ex- for me, it's always been an excuse to drop my phone. Not not like I, I want to, uh, yeah. but it makes it less of a big deal if I drop my phone and I then I do it more often has been my experience. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, had a, I had that not case for what a, maybe a year and never got my phone i shattered the screen once on my phone and it was when i was between cases mm-hmm. and after shattering my screen i got a not case which is not probably the smartest thing i could do but so if you're just gonna have a wallet anyway <laughs> so if you're just gonna have a wallet anyway why do you need the not case that's just a strap of leather that holds cards it does provide a little bit of grip iphones okay. are slippery and it's a leather back. It's essentially just a sticker on the back of your phone. It's leather. Mm-hmm. And it is grippy. It 
gives you something to hold on to. But there are other solutions for that too. They have the little, have you seen the the things that you stick on the back of your phone? They're like... Uh, the, the popper yeah. thing? Yeah, and then you put it like right there. Yeah. I, I don't like them, but that is a solution as well. It feels weird. Yeah. Uh, so a while ago I talked about wanting to use Amazon Glacier, which is this big long-term storage solution that Amazon makes available. Um, basically you upload your data and they shove it off into some server somewhere and then a year or two down the line you can say, actually wait, I needed some of that data and you can request a little bit of it and within three hours you'll have that data again. Okay. Yeah. So it's not for quick solutions. Right. But it's good for long-term uh, things such as backups. Um, so when I'm editing video or when I'm working on code, I want to keep backups of that stuff. And right now that's all on one five terabyte hard drive, which is making some really unhappy sounds. <laughs> it's been making unhappy sounds for probably a year. Oh, no. Zach, that's not okay. <laughs> but it's it's been a year and it's still just making unhappy sounds without corrupting any files. Run spin right on it. Just to see what's wrong. That's a good plan. That's a it's a real good plan. Spinrite is a hard drive maintenance and recovery utility. There we go. Add it to the list. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, I I don't trust that hard drive. Even if I run Spinrite on it and whatever, yeah, I it's understand. going to die. One day that hard drive will die. And I want to still have all those files so in 20 years I can do a clip show of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but Zach... Just because it's not on your hard drive doesn't mean it won't die. It's just someone else's hard drive. <laughs> I don't think it's hard drives, actually. I think it's like magnetic tapes or something, which is why it takes out, like, it's... There's somewhere there's an explanation of it. It's not just straight hard drives. All right. Because a normal hard drive, I could get to right away. I mean, they could plug it in, get your data on it, and put it away. Humans? Yeah. That's inefficient. More efficient than magnetic tapes. Maybe. I, I don't know exactly how it's run. <laughs> just that it's not just a straight All right. hard drive. Uh, and also they do do the nice things that cloud storage services do where everything is backed up to multiple places. Yeah. So even if a whole data center went down, I would still have my data available to me. Um, the problem with this was there's no good interface for Amazon Glacier, which is their long-term storage solution. Um you need to work with APIs and all these different annoying computery things to oh. get your files onto it, just because it's not meant for normal people to just upload some stuff to. I suppose. But, like, a simple web interface, like an upload button, would be not that hard, I feel like. Correct, but then it gives the wrong impression that you can download just as quickly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So they don't want... Uh, plus, there's also some things where you can't download all of your data at once without incurring some weird fees. What are the uh, fees for it? Uh, per month, it is four-tenths of a cent per gigabyte. Huh. That's very reasonable. Yeah. So, 100 gigabytes is 40 cents. A month. A month. All right. So, would, would you be backing up your entire hard drive or just the files that are important? I. Uh, it's... All of the video files just zipped up into archives. All right, what does that total up to? I'm not entirely sure. Um, 
Anyway, it turns out that there is a way I found through some clever Googling and or YouTube recommended it to me uh, <laughs> <laughs> that you can uh, upload to an Amazon S3 bucket, which is their simple storage service, and set the S3 bucket to convert it to Glacier storage after one day. Oh, okay. So you spend a day paying S3 prices, and then after that day, it goes over to Glacier, and it's cheaper but slower to retrieve. Yeah, I'm wondering what your price curves are now. So if you figure out how much data you actually have... It takes two-factor authentication. I'm just... Okay. It's, it's a mystery. Give me, give me an estimate. Like, how many terabytes? Less than 200 gigabytes, for sure. Less than 200? Yeah. Okay. So if we... I'm curious. I'm going to do a graph here. Uh, Desmos, start graphing. Okay. So the cost of a, what, a few, uh, oh, for a one terabyte hard, one terabyte hard drive, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard drive, Amazon. Okay. The first one that pops up is $80 for a one terabyte hard drive. So y, whoops, y equals, that's uh, 80. And versus y equals 200, so 20 cents. No, hold on. So 200 times 4 cents. Point oh oh four. Point four. So it's point eight times the number of months. Yeah. Yeah. So 80 cents a month. Yep. So you will, this becomes an inefficient use of your money after a hundred months. That's five years. Plus I didn't add in the S3. That's more than five years. That's almost 10 years. A little less. Nine years. What's the cost of the S3 though? Uh, negligible because it's only for a day. Uh, how no, because no, no, we're talking a hundred months here. We could get it back to like the S three is just for the one day that I upload it, and then after the one day that I upload it, it gets shooped over to Amazon Glacier. Yeah, but what it, what what is that cost? It'd be like ten cents a gigabyte for a month, but down to one day, twenty three no two cents per gigabyte. Okay, and so that and that'll be just for the the one day. So two cents per gigabyte. So that'll be. Another 80 cents. What? No, that's no, not how math no. works, Stephen. I can't. It okay. be like $4. I guess I'm assuming that you only, you never go above 200 gigabytes, but let's assume all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 95 months. So yeah, that seems like a good solution. Yeah. Thank you for doing all the math that I didn't think to do before. Anyway, uploading was yeah. annoying because getting a lot of videos into a zip file on a drive, um, my main... It's a whole thing. We were talking about file systems before. Okay. My Most of my old videos are saved on an external drive for a Mac computer. So they use the HFS Plus? Yes, which my Windows computer can't access. Fun. So I need to boot up my old Mac, which is this close to running out of space. I'm, I'm holding my fingers very close together. It's that close to running out of space. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, slowly copy the files over so that they could be uploaded and compressed and all of that fun stuff. Um, it was a tedious process, but 
Sounds like it. Long story short, after a week or so, all of my video files are now up on Amazon Glacier. Oh, you already did it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I thought this was like a in-the-future thing, but now no. you're doing it. All right. All right, I really want to know why it takes three hours now. I don't know, something... It, it feels a little funny about charging someone to get their data back. It is... In theory, Amazon could hold your data hostage. Now for something totally unrelated, uh, but entirely related to last podcast. Uh, last episode, we were talking about the uh, liar bird, which is a bird that can mimic the voices or the sounds that it hears around it. Um, and we were also talking about AI and the different applications of artificial intelligence. So when I was filling out the show notes, I happened to find something called Liarbird AI. <laughs> this sounds awesome. Yeah, so I had to click on it. I had to figure out what what this thing was. It turns out that uh, it's... Does Apple have some way that you can unlock your phone with your voice? You could say, hey, Siri, and it would... No, nothing no. like that. There's All a, right. There are a few ways to unlock your Mac, though. Uh there's now three ways you can use a password, a fingerprint, or your watch. Mm. With my phone, I could say, okay, Google. Apparently it's not, not wanting to work with me right now. Um, we'll bleep that out. Yeah. That was one thing I wondered about the Apple event, about WWDC, is when they got up there and said, mm, hey, yeah. how did everyone in that auditorium's phones not go off? It's supposed to be voice printed, although... I'm not sure how well that works because I don't have one. I don't have a phone that does that. When did when did voice prints come out? Like what? Uh, okay, so you couldn't say "Hey C to a phone and have it respond until the 6s, which was last, which was two phone releases ago. Okay, so the 6s introduced voice prints, um, and so the way that a voice print works, it, it is a biometric way to identify you. Mm -hmm. Basically, the computer comes up with some specific mixture of sounds that is your voice as opposed to another voice. So if you can make a voice print, if you can identify the things in Steven's voice that makes that voice Steven's voice and not someone else's, right? what's to stop you from making Steven's voice say something? If I know what the qualities are that make a voice Steven's, then therefore I also know what qualities I could produce to make a voice that sounds like Steven's. I suppose, yeah. So that's what Liarbird AI does. Whoa. So you can... Could I just type up a podcast then and have it... Have our two voices talk to each other? Hypothetically, yeah. I'm actually going to play you a sample if you want to, like, cut this in. Go from for it. SoundCloud. Hey, Doc. Have you heard about this new technology? Are you speaking about this new algorithm to copy voices? Yes, it is developed by a startup called Liarbird. This is huge. They can make us say anything now, really anything. The good news is that they will offer the technology to anyone. This is huge. How does their technology work? Hey guys, I think that they use deep learning and artificial neural networks. Hillary is right. And I can tell you that their team is great. I wish them good luck. I'm sure they will do a good job. Is that Donald Trump and... Obama. Obama, okay. Yeah. Not, qu not quite, but yeah. getting there. So one of the things that they don't have down is pauses. Words just run into each other very quickly. Mm. Um, but if that, I was... That was definitely Obama and Donald Trump. Yeah. A good Obama impression, yeah. at the very least. Nope. 
Um, yeah, so it does sound a little breathy, but overall it's mostly good. And so I'm wondering if it could be used to fool Google Voice sign-in or the Hey Siri voice unlock with voice print. Maybe. <laughs> uh, frankly, voice prints aren't super reliable anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be too... I, if I had the option to do a, a pin or a voice print, I would still choose pin. Yeah. The um, one, one thing that they did post on their website is the concern with ethics, because if this does get to a point where you can make it sound like anyone just confessed to a murder or something, right. then any audio file is no longer valid evidence in court. Well, no, because we can still detect when something's been photoshopped, right? This is just Photoshop for voice. Yeah. So I think that as long as it is... Apparently they think they'll get to a point where you can't tell because this is an actual concern they're addressing on their website. Well, okay. They can think, keep thinking that, but forensics is actually really good. I'm not... <laughs> and reasonable doubt is actually not that, <laughs> mm. like, high a bar. Um, so the... The point I'm making is, who knows, even. Uh, anyway, yeah, maybe maybe in the future we'll have, we can just write a podcast. Uh, so how far along is Li- Libird? Um, is that demo the best they can do? Or yeah. is that, yeah. That's it. Um, they do have uh, some demos where they have Trump saying something with different inflection. I'm not a robot. My intonation is always different. I am not a robot. My intonation is always different. Okay. So they have different ways that they can put an intonation, um, but it's not available for public use yet. Like I couldn't just upload a file and have it copy it over. You you can't use Liarbird. They only they have the files as of right now. Yeah. All right. What's their plan? Is there are they gonna release it eventually? Yep. Right now you can sign up to become a beta tester or to become informed of their launch. Okay. Montreal, the Canadian. Yeah. Canadians are ruining our legal system. I guess. <laughs> that, that's the wrong angle, but... <laughs> yeah. So last time I, on the podcast, I was bragging about how cool my grad cap was. Mm. And it was really cool. I uh, Everyone seemed to like it a lot. I walked in, and the processional was going, and everyone was watching the people in front of me walk... And I come out with bubbles, and I see people start to point and like <laughs> and laugh, and it was, and the crowd went from a low murmur to a loud murmur. It worked super well. I it, I attached it with the tassel, and I zi- I zip tied it onto my onto the actual cap. Mm-hmm. It was cardboard, so it didn't. Um, but I only used one zip tie. This was my mistake. I only used one zip tie to secure it to the actual gun. I wrapped a zip tie around the handle of the gun, which was bigger at the bottom, so I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But I pulled too hard once, oh. and it slipped out. And that once was as I'm walking off the stage after receiving my diploma. So I pulled it, and it just <laughs> flew right into the band. It was <sighs> hilarious. And there was a there were actually some pictures of me with a disappointed face. <laughs> After it happened, but 
Oh, well, it was really cool for the time, but I couldn't use it for the recessional, which is too bad. It was, it was on the subject of taking graduation seriously. Uh, <laughs> I was looking through the yearbook from our school yesterday, and no one from our from Cirrus seemed to take their senior quotes seriously at all, <laughs> except for the one person who was voted most sarcastic, who had like an actual genuine like live your life to the fullest or whatever. Right. Python web parsing. So sometime in the middle of last school year, I realized that there's a way that I can digitally access my meal plan and see what the balance is on that. Just okay. go to a website and type in my password and stuff and get my meal plan balance. That's annoying. That's a lot of steps. That's, that's not what I want. Um, and I was pretty consistently going to access that because every week or so I would try and figure out how much how much I could spend per meal, assuming I have three meals every day from now to the end of the school year. Okay. How much money can I spend per meal? And not have to reload. Or, and not, yeah, yeah, and keep my balance up. Um, so I had the plan for making a nice Python script to figure that out for me, and then I could just constantly figure it out um, and put it on a database somewhere and actually track it over time, put it on a graph. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have chance a chance during the school year to do it, so I just finally got a chance to um, get this. The, the plan is to have a larger kind of personal dashboard type thing with all of this data in it, but for right now, the only data that I've managed to get is my meal plan and then when the end of the school year is. All right. Um, so I'm using Python. I have... There's just a library for requesting stuff with the web, get and push and that kind of stuff to get logged in. Sure. And then there's another library, uh, Beautiful Soup, which is uh, made for parsing HTML. That seems like it should be pretty easy. Is it just like a document get ID or? Yeah, basically you can search by ID or you can get all of the A tags or anything like that. And then you can just do like the first a tag dot string and that's right. anything that's inside the anything that's inside the a tag um uh that was made by leonard richardson who actually wrote my favorite space opera novel <laughs> wow all right uh which I, which I read like four years ago so it was really weird to see this guy's name on this python project <laughs> i'm working on now um but it's Constellation Games is the name of it, and it's actually a good book, in right. my opinion. Also, PDFs are annoying. If you're going to have some data, just put it put it in a table. Yep. Don't I don't want to have to import another library just so I can parse some PDFs and then... Yep. Uh, so we're going to move into our nice little book club section on ReamD. If you aren't caught up with us, then I suppose uh, pause the podcast here. And we'll see you when you get to that part of the book. Uh, we read up to the end of day one, uh, page 178 on our editions. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, I am at NotStevenBerry. And I'm at the puns guy. And if you're not going to stick around, we will see you in two weeks. So what do you think, Stephen? Well, I switched from reading it on a physical copy to listening to the audiobook, mm -hmm. which... I'm kind of debating whether I'm going to keep doing because I 
it's harder for me to take notes if mm-hmm. I'm listening to it in the car, which is basically my default audiobook listening place. Plus, plus I know for me at least, audiobooks, when I'm listening to it, it's kind of a thing that I can tune out a little bit, so mm-hmm. it's better to have. Yeah, not so much for me, but I do have a... it. it, it um, it allows me to get suck, more sucked into the story and not think about, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be taking notes on this. Mm-hmm. And speaking of story, holy crap, the stuff happened, man. The stuff happened, for sure. Um, uh, let's talk about Day Zero quick, I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you have notes, I don't. Um, yeah, so my... The big thing that I noticed was um, how much they emphasized language and like the importance of language which was kind of don donald's whole dealio yeah we should go through canada peter said Mm. um and i think that's another thing that gets lost to me at least in audiobooks is the word choice because you can kind of see the way that the sentence works and review it i guess but i mean they pointed out later that she said that she uh what's her name um zula 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 points out to the reader mm-hmm. that Peter said should. He didn't, like, whatever her reasoning yeah. was, but um, sh- my, my, I guess my point is that... If it's important enough to if, the plot, yeah. the author's going to mention it. Exactly. Oh, I erased part of my notes. <laughs> it looked like it said, Peter is a had. Peter is a hacker. That's... Mm. <laughs> and Peter's not really a hacker. He knows stuff about computers. He's a script kitty, it seems like. Yeah. Mostly. And I, I, I think he has dabbled, but not. he just definitely doesn't do it for even kicks and giggles. Yeah. So, I guess, given that um, this is obviously about a virus. Yeah. And the end of day zero, the only other note that I had on day zero was that they were talking about this, the way that the digitally signed terrain worked and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that was really cool, I thought. Yeah, that's really neat. I'm expecting something to go wrong with it. That makes sense. <laughs> but but it's hard to tell. Um, this author, Neil Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Stevenson, okay. Neil Stevenson definitely just puts in detail to these worlds. Um, one of the other notes that I have is that it feels like St- Neil Stevenson has something to prove. Like, he was always the reader sitting there being like, okay, but why did this happen in the story? Right. Um, like, sometimes Richard will say awesome, and then he'll go into a paragraph of why Richard said awesome, even though he's 50-something. Yeah. That's really funny. Because um, I, I noticed that, too. He, not just with uh, what words he used, but stuff that doesn't seem like it would be super relevant right now, um, but you probably know it will be later, or maybe it won't be. You're not mm-hmm. even really sure with Neil Stevenson because he knows what the reader is expecting, mm-hmm. I feel like, and then he is able to use that to get some good twists. But um, uh, T-Rain, just the whole idea of it. Like, you could put that in later in the book when it's important. Like, you could say... You could put that paragraph about how T-Rain works. Do they say T-Rain in the audiobook? Yeah. I've just been reading it as Terrain. Oh no! Uh, well, it's too because the apostrophe means you're taking out something. Yeah, they say so. It's not a separate thing. You're right. Plus, they do mention in in the like prelude that it it was just okay. a shortened. I'll call of it ter- I'll call it terrain. But the guy in the audiobook is saying terrain, and I'm not. And that's just what I'm saying now. All right, uh, terrain. The way it works is, uh, it has an algorithm that is 
will make likely structures is mm-hmm. the way I understand it. Yeah. Um, and that paragraph about how they made that couple of paragraphs about how they made terrain, uh, t- terrain. Either way, um, is you could stick that when it becomes relevant, but they don't. Mm-hmm. You could you put it in the beginning, so you go, have to think back to it and say, "Oh, yeah, that is how that works." Because that's how the characters are yeah. experiencing it. it. Yeah, it's not just a plot point. It's the way it is something that the characters have to take into account mm-hmm. when they are making their decisions, which all seem very realistic to me. Yeah, that's the thing that I... And another thing that I noticed was that he doesn't... There aren't any antagonists or really protagonists. There's just people in this world that he's created who do stuff. Yeah. You could argue that the Russians right now are the antagonists, but they're just doing what they do. They're not acting evil. They're acting... Like, selfishly, but... Yeah, but not but not evil. They're... The things that they're doing make sense for their characters. Mm-hmm. The way that Neil Stevenson, Neil C- Stevenson has established them. Yeah. But also they aren't directly antagonists because that would then require a protagonist. So I guess you could be they could be the antagonist to Zula as the yeah. protagonist. But, but then why even... do we spend whole chapters reading about Richard? Richard. Yeah. Uh and I thought it was funny I rem- remembering um when there was a weekend where Reem D just exponentially increased mm-hmm. and was it someone came back, I'm pretty sure it was Richard, and was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that's how it happens in actual... Uh, when a exploit is in the wild for Windows, mm-hmm. Microsoft's, Microsoft employees come back and everyone's scrambling around <laughs> with their hair on, hair on fire because, <laughs> because and you got to get it fixed. Yeah. Otherwise, your higher-ups will get angry. Yeah, the other thing was talking about that higher-ups corporate look busy yeah attitude which is valid yeah uh, i feel like neil stevenson was definitely disparaging it looking down on it yeah. but for sure um and especially by giving richard who i i want to call him a protagonist even though he hasn't really done anything that make that wouldn't make you like him yet mm-hmm. um just by having the book focus on him yeah um Especially by having Richard be the anti-that, where he just kind of gave up his position at the company because he didn't want to deal with all the corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like, at least. Yeah. It, it's really interesting. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, I want to see if Zula and Peter make it out alive, and if they do, whether or not they continue their relationship or not. Mm-hmm. Zula, Zula seems pretty set on not doing that. <laughs> But then again, uh, people change their minds, so... I have another pro tip. Okay. When you can't remember characters' names, don't just look them up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia doesn't have, like, spoiler tags. So oh, no. So when you look up Peter... Like, when you look up characters, it says their name and then a little line of description. You Oh, you spoiled it for yourself? Just, just on one character. Which character? Peter. Okay. And it was, like, ambiguous enough that I can read the whole book without it looming over my head, but... Okay. Um, so, uh, as far as the speculation part of the book club, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think Richard's reaction will be if Zula doesn't make it? Because he's kind of yeah. taken her under his wing. 
and starts caring for her for whatever reason because he doesn't even know. Yeah, some weird family, not weird, some sort of family responsibility yeah. sense of that. Vendetta is my Makes guess. Sense. He seems like the kind of person to have a vendetta. Like, he does not care until now he cares about Zula. And he's, like, to the point where he's getting to be that weird uncle that just kind of pops up. Yeah. Um, And so I think the way that he's caring, if she's dead, he is going to have some personal issues with this mob. That doesn't seem like a good idea for him. Although, uh, he... I don't know. What, what could he do, though? Because he's just a dude that made a video game. A good video game, for sure, but not... Like, the, he is, he can't manipulate even the video game that much. He just has a, a few good characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the, I can tell, the mob is not playing the game. He's making um, Zula and... Willis? Wallace. Wallace, yeah. Zula and Wallace play the game. He knows people, though. He has contacts. He has the biker gang and stuff. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's hard to know how far that would stretch. I think whether or not he could actually do something about it, he would have a vendetta. Yeah, you're right. What a story, if they make it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, They also mentioned um, Zula continuing to think, how can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. And Peter starting to not think like that, starting to think, okay, how can I find the troll? Yeah. Because Zula is thinking, survive, Peter is now has a different goal, which I think is hilarious. Because, mm-hmm. again, it fits his character, where he's just goal-oriented, someone gave him a task, and he's going to do that task. Mm-hmm. And it is... He doesn't stop to think for a second, why am I doing this task? Yeah. It is then related to kind of that corporate... Yeah, you're right. I'm, maybe there'll be more parallels in the future that we can draw between the insane situations and a corporate environment. (laughs) So we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast and the continuation of this book club. We're reading up to the end of day three, which is a page in our book. Um, That would be page 254. Making progress. Until then, uh, don't forget to subscribe, which is a thing that you can do with podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to them. Rate, comment, do all the good stuff. It's helpful. And you can find us on the internet, on Twitter, like we said before. At not Stephen Barry. At the Pun Sky. And we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. 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 Good, good, good,